1: This is
0: Make it M.I.P. with Mar-S-S-M-E-L-A, Mar-S-S-M-E-L-A. Mark Thompson, Make it Get Woke.
1: Folks, what's going on on the ground in Minneapolis? We need to get into that. And we're happy to have with us an award winning filmmaker and social practice artist in the field of story-based community organizing. His films have been featured at national and international festivals, including the Toronto International Film Festival and Chicago International Film Festival, winner of Best Feature Film 2003 at the Urban World Film Festival in New York. In 2011, my guest founded Bully Creative Shop, a feature film, documentary, media, art, and digital content social enterprise. He's a 24, 2014 McKnight IFP Media Artist Fellow, a 2015 Minnesota State Arts Board grant recipient and 2016 Intermediate Arts City of Minneapolis creative city making artist and a 2017 Bush Fellow. We're going to talk about his work, but particularly about Reclaim the Block today. You want to hear all about this. Our dear brother, Joins us from Minneapolis, our brother D.A. Bullock. Hey, brother. Peace. How you doing, man? Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. It's a, it's an honor to have you, man. It's an honor to have you. And I'm really um, glad to hear how you have fused your creativity with action and struggle. If we could get more people to do that, Lord knows where we'd be. So, yeah, we appreciate that. You know what I mean?
2: You know, we we have that as a tradition, you know, like black folks. We always love to
1: combine the culture with the movement. And I I think that's when it's really resonant for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So tell us about uh, how long have you been in Minneapolis now? I've lived here for 10 years and I'm originally from Chicago. Okay.
2: Mm -hmm. So you were there, of course, when George Floyd was killed. I was. And uh, I was also here when when Jamar Clark was killed and a number of other young black men who were killed by the Minneapolis Police Department. So I I, I saw
1: a lot of the lead up to what happened uh, when George Floyd was murdered. But now you're doing the follow up with Reclaim the Block. Tell us about that, if you would. Correct. Um, yeah. So I, I worked with Reclaim the Block
2: and uh, on their communita- communications team. And, um, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do as an organization is uh firstly shine a light on um how how much incredible work we are doing in communities in doing just that reclaiming our blocks that's reclaiming our blocks from all kinds of violence but particularly um reclaiming our blocks and the funding for our blocks that goes into the Minneapolis police department like the Minneapolis police department um last year had a hundred and eighty five million dollar budget and um just in comparison that's that's like a uh, uh, hundred or two hundred times the size of like the health department budget for the city of Minneapolis right so we're talking about like like a a large portion of our our public investment or our, and our publics all of our public safety investment goes into the police department so uh, our organization is about um having public participation in how we do that budgeting and also have public participation in how we redistribute those funds into
1: other ways of, of making ourselves safe. And reclaim the block and you, you all favor defunding the police too, right? Correct. Correct. Now, and do, I, do you go as far as abolish too? Well, personally
2: I do. And I think we are in a, um, abolition framework, meaning, um, you know, just the, the, like I said, I've seen a lot of of what uh, Minneapolis Police Department has done in the black community in terms of violence and and killing unarmed uh, young black men and And so I finally came to the conclusion that the only way to keep us completely safe from that violence is to remove us from from contact with that with that entity. And so um you know, we need to develop other ways of doing accountability and And you know, social contract within our communities um because they they failed us on two levels. one is you know the violence that we've 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 been um touched by uh, as a result in in contact with the police department, but also it's just a lack of competence around public safety, like our young men are the ones who are getting killed in the street uh with this gun violence, and they don't have a response to that they don't have a a way of, of doing any any prevention or any intervention
1: so uh we want to take those resources and use them wisely man don't get me started yeah All right listen folks around saying y'all crazy saying abolish who gonna protect us let me tell y'all something police either kill you or don't solve your crimes when you call them in that's what they that's do. right your tax dollars fund something when black women go missing when your house get broken into when your car gets stolen they don't lift a finger so why finance something yes. that really only function is to ignore your service calls, one, and two, to kill young sisters and brothers every time they get a chance. I mean, let's just be clear. But when's the last time somebody called the police? Raise your hand. Black person, black community. And they provided a service to you in a particular true. situation. So, no, that, that's true. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So And that's why true I indeed. hesitate on that. People tripping. Can't say defund. You Can't say abolish. Right. You know, a lot of senior citizens feel like, well, who you know, no, because cause let me tell you something. I'm gonna be real with even the seniors, man. If if somebody's intentional about breaking in your house or knocking you upside and, and aside to hit and taking your pocketbook, DAU and I know nine times out of ten, they just gonna go ahead and do it. That's right. It's not the police. The people just that the police are stopping that when on the days it's not happening to you. It just is not, has not been your turn. They don't right. care. I'm sorry. I went off. That. No, no, you're right.
2: You're absolutely right. I mean, that's our lived experience, and we all know that. And I think. The fear amongst in the black community when they're like well yeah we don't want to we don't want to abolish it's just the devil you know right it's like yeah what they're saying is we don't want to have nothing like we we're used to having such a low low bar when it comes to our public safety they're like we don't want to release from having anything but but the, the counter to that is to say look we're talking about taking that money and investing it in stuff that works for us. Like right. we're gonna be much safer having somebody on the block who's higher that you already know. Like he's he's a trusted person on your block, right who comes in and mediates on those right. little squabbles that end up becoming bigger things and end up becoming violent crimes, right? We're we're much safer when we invest in things like that. And they're much more practical because we know. If if that brother lives on our block and that uncle lives on that our block, he's not going to abuse us when he comes into that situation. He's not going to come in that situation trying to, you know, from a from an outsider occupier like you know he's some some war wartime militarist coming into a neighborhood. He's right. coming into this situation like these are my my people. These are my nephews right. on the block. Right. These, these right. are the people I, I care about and I love.
1: And, and not to go off again, but but another aspect of this is some of the beefs and squabbles and revenge and knuckleheads gang banging in the street how- what percentage of them we don't even know are confidential informants anyway yes. for the instigating that's why I say y'all you ain't never seen no police violence or no George Floyd type killing from some police running mm-hmm. up in some gang lair. Oh, you yeah. don't stand putting no knee on the neck of somebody who's slinging drugs and killing people in our community. You notice that, yeah, y'all. Right about I'm saying, that. You know, that, that don't ever happen. I'm saying y'all so bad, run up in one of them situations, but they oh, <laughs> right. oh, really you run up in there. You 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 and and by the way, my, my, my man in Minneapolis is uh Spike Moss, by the way. We real oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Spike so, is so, the man. Yes, yeah, right. You <laughs> run, up in, run up, in that, run up in that and see what you know what what's gonna happen. But they can't, because mm-hmm. one, they know they can't do it, they scared, two. Some of them cats are working for them in the first place, so that's another reason why this is this whole scenario is no good for us. So, so tell us about the process because uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion, and, and Minneapolis has become uh, ground zero because of George Floyd. Where, where is the process to move toward defund, downscale, abolition? Sure. You know, have you got other elected officials with you on this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. So the, the first step in the
2: process, we you know obviously, obviously was the acknowledgement that we, we can't go back to how we were at, on May 25th, the, the, the day George Floyd was killed. I think that's a, that's a, a, a bigger anou- uh, acknowledgement than just the black community, which is a new thing. you know, Like the, this worldwide movement has really captured the imagination of a lot of people outside of the black community, even though the black community already knew you know it, it was it was way past time to start these conversations right because we have this lived experience where we already knew what was going on so i think that was the first step and it, it sort of broadened people's understanding of, of what's really happening out in the streets when it comes to the police that they employ uh the second part for minneapolis is we have this strange part of our written charter which is like our constitution which mandates that we have to have a certain amount of police and mandates that the police department has to be solely the purview of the mayor. And so that all these mandates within the charter that say, uh, we don't want accountability. We don't want the people to be able to hold them accountable. So the first step is um, there's a petition that needs 20,000 signatures from residents to say, we're gonna change this charter. We're going to change the structure of this charter. And instead of saying <clears throat> we, we have to have police and that's the only way we can do safety, we're going to say, we're going to open this up to all the ways we can do safety and we're going to write it in the, in the law,
1: in our charter, in our constitution of our city. How is it going in getting those 20,000? Is that is that look like, does that look positive? Are you optimistic about that? It's looking very positive. I think it's, it's well-organized and,
2: um, I think people are ignited, they they have not forgotten, right? Like I think systems often rely on people just, you know, going on with their right. daily life and, right. and forgetting about what happened, um, but but people are still energized, people still want change, they want real change, they don't want just, you know, politicians throwing out these words like reform, they want an actual change
1: that they can see right. and feel right. and hear, so yeah. it's, it's going well. People being misled, complacent. So it's good that's not happening. Even people, uh, you know, being convinced or being led to believe twenty seven million dollars means we got justice. we finished. That's right. That's right. You yeah. Know? But yeah. But what's interesting to me, bro, <laughs> they picking a jury and they want people who don't know nothing about the case, don't have no bias. But they're not asking the other folk, does this twenty seven million dollars affect your thinking? That's As right. or not real justice needs to be adjudicated. Um, now you all have already have in place. Tell us about this because this is where the rubber hits the road, and this this is what we're going to do to allay people's anxiety about having no white police. Um, you there are already programs in the city you all have that do group violence intervention and is reclaim the block kind of working with those and getting everybody organized around that. Yeah, we well, are certainly a
2: supporter of transferring a significant amount of the funding that goes to MPD. You know, MPD has funding for everything from horses to, you know, like youth basketball leagues and everything, all the things that they, they really should not be doing. Those things should be funded through community organizations. And then in, within the city, in the health department, there's an office of violence prevention, which employs people actually from these communities like to do that intervention work and to do that, that connection work and, and to go see people when they're in the hospital, you know, um, recovering from a gunshot wound, right? Right at that point where they need to talk to somebody who knows about that life. And those are the people we need to be invested in. So we certainly, um, support shifting those dollars from the, the Minneapolis Police Department into programs like Office of Violence Prevention.
1: What up, y'all? It's Torrey. And on my podcast, Torrey Show, I interview successful black rappers, actors, writers, politicians, all sort of people to talk about what powered their rise, how they built their success and what their superpower is. Through our conversations, you'll learn about how you can achieve your goals. Listen to Torrey Show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are streamed and go further and become a member of our community on Patreon, where you'll get exclusive episodes. I made the generalization about some in our community being afraid of this, mm-hmm. but, but in Minneapolis proper, is that a problem? Are there, there, there's senior African Americans um, in the city, black folk, middle-class, whatever, who are resistant to what you're trying to do or people even in Minneapolis say, Hey, yo, we might need to deal with this.
2: Yeah, there most certainly are. And I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't denigrate them for having those concerns. I just want to have a a more robust conversation with them about sort of the, the honest conversation about what we were really um, faced with in the first place, which is incompetence when it comes to our safety. Right. right? Um, All of the homicides for the past 10 years have happened in North Minneapolis, which are, which is the black community of, of Minneapolis. Right. So, you're talking about all these young black men who weren't protected in the first place by the police and then their crimes weren't even solved by the police. And so right. we're relying on the community to come up with all the intel and all the, the information about those crimes anyway. So, again, we, we might as well just forge forward with with, uh, with bravery right. and honesty and just say to each other, like, what would be ideal? If we wanted to really think about how we want to deal with these young people and how we want to have these conversations with them, and then ultimately, like after they pay their their uh, due to to community, you know, and and do accountability, how do we welcome them back? Because it's the, no solution to say we're going to lock people up for their lifetime. Right. That's that's right. just not that's not sustainable and that's not real for our communities. We know we're inviting folks back all the time. And we need to have a really robust conversation about how we're bringing them back, integrating them back into the community and make sure they're productive when they get back into the community.
1: And see, to me, another aspect of this, too, is even for the people who say, oh, we need the police. Well, if the police decide on one day out of 365 to come and try to investigate something, some of them same people, police say, well, what information do you have? I'm not telling you nothing. I'm not telling the police. So what what do you really what is the, the point? of any of that. And also what I, and correct me if I'm wrong, what I also take from this is, and maybe we need to market it more this way. This is us getting back to our traditional roots and culture as a people. Cause back in the day, I don't know how old you are, but back in the day when I was coming up, if if Mark and DA were running down the street, other parents heard about it, other parents intervene. Yes. you know, so we, indeed. we communicated and, and, mm-hmm. and we were raised in, in that, 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 that level of community and communalism where folks was looking out for, other, and if somebody, uh, if, if your parents saw me doing something wrong, say, right. hey, man, uh-uh, I'm going to call your mama, but until I get your mama on the phone, you ain't doing this. Come on off the that's street. That's right. So it kind of, and maybe that's one way we need to get folks to see, because the elders of the generation who are afraid of it, that's how they were raised. Right. They, they, right. they were clean because the parents up and down the block didn't let them do nothing wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right.
2: Um, You know, we in the same generation. You're right. That is exactly why, you know, what I can attribute to my success in life or my, my staying on a path that was, you know, about trying to get a better education or about trying to do these improvement things was because I had a whole community of people looking out for me. It wasn't because, you know, a police officer or a police force intervened in my life. Um, It was because of the community. It was because of those people on the block that really looked out for me and and put me on the right path. And that's even including some people that were doing dirt on the block. I mean, let's be real. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There were some OGs that were like, no, man, you're not about this lifestyle. Right, right. Right. And and they they had real frank talks with me that that made sure I was on that right path because they were like, yeah, you're a smart kid. I know I heard you out there talking. (laughs) I want you to keep talking. Like, don't be doing this over here. I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at you, I'm making sure you're not doing that. And so that you're right. That's, that's been our roots. That's been our culture. That's been the source of our our safety throughout our time in this country. And so we we only paying homage to that and getting back to that. So I I would say that to those elders too. Like I know you could be fearful about the immediate notice, but let's just be honest. The, The police aren't really doing much for us in in the way of that anyway and we're spending a lot of
1: money that's right that's on keeping them doing nothing how right. big you say it's 185 million dollars how, how many what's the size of the force how many people are in minneapolis
2: right now it's about 600 um to 700 active duty officers
1: One hundred million dollars, 700 people
2: yeah well there are probably a thousand people like with civilians that work in the department as well so yeah, you're talking about you're still talking about a, a you know that's a a billion dollars in eight years spent on something that is not even moving the needle when it comes to safety in North Minneapolis. Again, like yeah. with with all these young young black folks, they're not even moving that conversation at all. You know, mm-hmm. in fact, I had a conversation with a young man who's on probation for a gun charge, and he was like trying to get himself out of the situation, like extricate himself out of the the lifestyle. And the only thing that told him was, well, when you when you're ready to go to work for us, which means become an informant, then then we can help you out. Otherwise, we got nothing for you. Right.
1: See, see. Yeah. And that, that's that's the wheel they keep spinning in the game. They run it. If people who are listening as undoubtedly they are, because the other part of this it, it's not just the fear of losing the police. It's a little intimidating. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the resources in your community to really pull people together, I mean that's part part of the problem. I, I keep telling Brother Bullock, and I'm sure you agree with me. Judas ain't the Black Messiah is not the movie we watch for Netflix and Chill. Right. I'm telling people, that, oh, how this, you see that that ain't what that's for. That's to give us a lesson and some instruction right. about how our community is divided. And we still divide it, except now that COINTELPRO, they don't have to spend money on COINTELPRO. We do it to each other for free. That's right. So so what what is some what is some advice or some guidelines, some some what would you say to people listening to say, hey, I want to get something like this up and running in my community?
2: I'd say um, there's there's a really good uh, website called million dot org. I'd say, look, look at, you know, some of these because we ha- we have the, the beauty of technology now, which connects us in a way where we weren't connected a long time ago. Right. So we can know what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi, and we can know what's going on, you know, in Lawndale area in Chicago, and we can know what's going on in Detroit. We we can know what we are doing in other cities that is working. And I would say, you know, network with those other places and and find out how they started their, their programs. Because they could be as small as, I think there's a program that like initiates barbers. Because that's where, you know, young folks are going to get their hair cut and get, you know, they, they like the front line of, of violence prevention. Right. Which makes sense in our community. So and it might be simple to get something like that started in your own community because you already have the barbers. You already have the people who are in touch in the community. And it might just be a conversation to like sit down with all of them and be like, look, we're going to do this program where we're doing active violence prevention in all our barbershops. And that's the first step. And, and we, you know, we, we start to take that over and we would be all be surprised at how quickly we can eliminate this fear of needing the police. Because we'll we'll come
1: to the realization that, oh, yeah, we were doing this on our own anyway. And just like you said, when we were coming along, even the OGs are looked out for us. We admired our, our kids need to see. Black adults that they can admire. And see doing positive things, so that they will emulate that same behavior and pay it forward. And so that's really so. Now, um, how are how is reclaim the block integrated with your creativity and film and whatnot? Because it seems to me that would also be helpful. If you if you're doing a documentary or something, or or just kind of documenting all this this process, I think that would be very helpful to people in other areas who want to start something. Absolutely.
2: So, you know, I'm a filmmaker by trade, and that's that's where I I get my vision and my my sort of passion. Um, and so I am actively doing a, a creating a documentary now about the the whole movement uh, after George Floyd's death, and and what's happening here is the epicenter, but also what's happening around the country. You know, as we we coalesce around these ideas. Also, you know, we're we're supporting a lot of creative and cultural work. In the community, too, like artists. Um, there's this beautiful organization called Black Table Arts that just opened up a building. It's like one of the first Black arts owned spaces in Minneapolis, even though we have this robust Black population, you know, that we, we, we up until now didn't even have spaces to gather. So those kind of things, we're, we're in, completely in support of and, and, and always uh, uplifting because we know. It's it's more important than just you know working on the policy. It's about working on our entire life and and our whole holistic way of of of, of being, you know. And the culture is so important in that. The storytelling is so important in that. and that, the music is so important in that. You know, all of these elements that come together so well. You know, we we know when a movement is really taking hold
1: because it has all of those components. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about that too. No doubt and and speaking of money, folks, imagine the difference it'll make in our young people's lives if you know the arts centers are funded, the arts programs, right. their creativity is funded, right? I yep. was blessed uh, brother Bullet, uh, to have interviewed mary um, 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 Mary wilson mm-hmm. uh a year or so ago, and no idea she was going to pass away. Yeah. Um, God rest her soul But you know what I asked her Just kind of just being playful
2: mm-hmm.
1: What was it about y'all in Detroit What was in the water that y'all was so good at <laughs> right. You know what she told me She said that wasn't in the water Mark. She said the school music programs Were funded That's And right. we took music In public school That's what she told me I love now, that. Where is that now That's gone but but the, police, but the police got $185 million. You're right about you that. I mean, so folks, let's just, again, all you older people, I know I know, I done touched your soul now because you feel that. When y'all mm-hmm. were coming along, y'all took music class. You know, I could, who was gone by the time I came around? Hell, I could have been the next Charlie Parker. Gone. Right. <laughs> who knows? Right. But imagine if you, you got $185 million doing nothing for you. Imagine if, and that's the city budget, we're going to put, even a third of that money mm-hmm. in arts programs in the public school system. That's right.
2: I, I tell people, you know, just look at all these rich suburbs around Minneapolis and notice they don't have, they don't have giant c- police departments. It's not because they're better people than we are. It's because they got an art center in the middle of their main street. It's because they got all of these wonderful cultural services flourishing throughout their little town. Mm-hmm. Um, and they invest in their art to the tune that they invest in their police department for that very reason but somehow you know for for us to say that is is like it's like a foreign or alien concept because that's only because they want to see us in a very narrow framework which is we have to be policed over policed and under protected right. and, and we, we're going to break out of that framework because we like we, we are the creators of culture. So it's only natural that we have all of that, you know, sort of physical space that's invested in, we have all of that sort of um, um, head space that's invested in, like you said, like in, in the schools and in the learning, like that, that could be a fundamental like shift in, in the way black, investment in black communities, right? Like if we start talking about it in those terms, like we're gonna determine the value of why our education needs to include arts and music and all the culture
1: elements right along with our math and the sciences right right yeah bro this is beautiful man um and looking forward to hearing more about this i'm definitely looking forward to you know any document documentary footage you're going to be sharing about this process folks everybody listening should be about this life start thinking that way and stop tripping off a defund and abolish folks has lost their minds over that um, And that's just half of it Agree, Because I know you agree with me That we really need to be about these reparations too Oh and, absolutely and, and you know there's there's defund on defense And there's reparations on offense Again we can take care of ourselves uh, Brother Amos Wilson Wrote in his book Police come and, 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 and occupy our communities Militarily and don't even bother um, To consult With our communities About what is best for our own community." um so this is very very important we invite you uh to check out reclaim learn more be on the lookout for this brother we're going to have him back and i'm going to be challenging people to be thinking this way if defun trips you out just don't just don't say defund just you know you but you're going to do your own community healing community nonviolence, community mediation piece call it that because yes. the police ain't doing it and when <laughs> and as soon and when you realize y'all that you paying tax dollars, heavy tax dollars for something that ain't doing squat, you be right here with Brother Bullock at reclaimtheblock.org. Yeah, yeah I, I say, if you don't like defund
2: the police, how about <laughs> refund your block? Like, that's what you want.
1: <laughs> I like you want refund your block. That's, that's right. Yeah, refund know? the block. Brother Bullock, we thank you, man. Keep us I posted on everything it. you're doing, man. And, and any way I can be of uh, uh, any support, just let me know, bro.